0: spring is in the air at Gage Cannabis. Visit their sensational aroma bar where you can experience the scent of terpenes and compare it to flour on their delectable menu. Gage Cannabis Company offers a wide assortment of the best cannabis brands and exclusive products. Shop great selection and accessories galore at their Air Store. Located on Route 110, Gage is family owned and operated since 2018. Make your way over to Gage Cannabis today and meet their friendly bud tenders. Open 7 days a week. For more information Google Gage Cannabis Co.
1: in Air. Please
0: consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana used during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1 800 122 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts state license number MR281248 pod Studios.
1: The dynamic duo.
0: Don't
2: feed me crap.
3: Of Boston Sports Radio. Yeah, get it right, stupid. Filger and Max.
1: Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 the Sports Hub.
0: Coach, so, can you talk about the continuing development of Mac Jones, how he's progressing, um, especially on the new
3: offensive coordinator? Yeah,
4: he's doing fine. Talked about it all year. His second year is way ahead of where it was last year.
3: And that was it. That was the end of the answer. Bella, check today. It's hour two. Felger and Maz with Greg Bedard from the Boston Sports Journal. Fellows are in our Town Fair Tire Studios at the NBC Sports Group in Needham. I am remote. Again, we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. On the radio side and the simulcast, NBC Sports Boston. So we find that notable because... I, I don't know. Well, let me ask, too, because he's the one that included that on our cut sheet today. Why, why is that, uh, that comment there notable there?
5: I feel like at the beginning of this uh, camp that Belichick had like a 90-second answer about how great Mac Jones was, and he did the same thing on an XM Satellite interview with Pat Kerwin. And now we get this. This is what? Right. Five seconds? Yeah, he's doing
4: fine. Talked about it all year. His second year is way ahead of where it was last
5: year. Just feels like there's something amiss here. There's something going on. There's some tension. There's something stewing, if you will, between uh, the coach and the quarterback.
3: Okay, so just to be to be honest, you you wonder if that's the case, independent of that little bit of sound.
5: Yes. Thank you. I think there's issues with the coaching staff and the quarterback. Okay, discuss.
3: Yeah. Give me more. Well, give me more before I get Greg's thoughts.
2: Yeah. No, look, I'll tell you. I I do think there's something to it as well, and I would say that based on what we are hearing in the early part of camp, that things weren't going well, you know, and then Jacoby Myers said some guys have to check their egos at the door. David Andrews was the one that called the team together on the sideline. My guess is that Bill probably felt like Jones wasn't necessarily buying in or that, you know, he wasn't necessarily doing his job as a leader of the offense. Now, I'm not telling you he hates him for it or anything like that, but I think he's, to me, I go back to that whole buy-in thing. The quarterback has to buy in. If the quarterback doesn't buy in, it's hard to get other guys on the offense to do so. So it wouldn't surprise me if Bill were a little frustrated there with how Jones has handled it so far. What do you think, big fella? Uh,
6: in in my opinion, I think Mac Jones is uh, one of at least a handful of players that is not enamored with the coaching to this point. That... Um, I think that's where the root of their problems have been on offense so far, uh, not in terms of the scheme or anything like that. I think that's a distraction, and people shouldn't get distracted. I think that some of the players, and, and this is in my opinion, from talking to a bunch of people around the team, that including Jones, who uh, just aren't really thrilled with the level of coaching that they're getting. I mean, look at, you know, I was trying to think of an app metaphor for this. I mean, it'd be like, you know, when I worked at the Globe and, you know, I worked for, uh, you know, Sully, who's my sports editor. Great guy, had been there for years. You know, what if he left and all of a sudden I'm working under uh, a person who only, you know, worked in lifestyle? You know, and I'm taking my my orders for that. I mean, he went from Josh McDaniels, who is, you could criticize him all you want, okay? But he helped Tom Brady. You know, be pretty good and he helped this offense be pretty good for a very long time. Knew exactly what to do with quarterbacks, was a quarterback himself, trained in it, footwork, everything, everything that a quarterback needs to know. He had that as a rookie. Now, all of a sudden, he has Joe Judge, who knows since, you know, he played the quarterback position in college. He knows nothing about being a quarterback. He didn't know anything about being a wide receivers coach, and he was a disaster there for this team. And what you have is a bunch of coaches on the offensive side of the ball, as a whole, not collectively, but you know that are not experts at what they are tasked with doing. And when you are a player, you know that you can see through it. You're like, you know, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I just had Josh McDaniels, and now I have uh, Joe Judge. It's night and day in terms of you know what I'm getting, what I'm learning, and am am I being put in the best position to succeed if you're mac jones how do you say yes right now in year two so i get his frustration but i also get
4: belichick's too just given the resume like i've been in this league for nearly 50 years coaching like shut up kid i get this like (laughs) you get that too right like i get mac jones being feeling like maybe he's being hung out to dry and what are these two guys doing here judge and patricia but ultimately bill is still his head coach and the guy's been coaching in the league for 48 years so if i'm bill i'm like kid i get it But, like, shut up. I got this.
6: Yeah, I mean, I can understand that about the overarching approach of the offense. And this is the direction we want to go. And Bill gives his marching orders. But, I mean, if you're Mac Jones in terms of, you know, what the hell does Joe Judge know about footwork? What does Joe Judge know about reads and what he's supposed to be doing here? And, you know, the pre-snap read and post-snap read. And, you know, this is where the ball needs to be at this time. Where Josh McDaniels could tell him this is the way it needs to be. I have 20 years of coaching, 25 years of coaching in the league. This is the way it needs to be. Now he has Joe Judge. You can't tell me he's getting the same level of coaching on being a quarterback in this league that he did a year ago. There is no way he is. And
2: Murray, to your point, to me, it it amplifies the magnitude of the mistake. Why are these guys the coaches? Because they're Bill's buddies. Bill didn't give it the kind of thought he should have given. Which is I have to put these guys in front of my quarterback. my quarterback has to look and he has to believe in it and this is what I mean by the buying no and right? I get it I'm ultimately right? he's on- got, it, so so if he's got a guy in front of him that he doesn't believe in because the guy's never coached offense. Like I have no issue with your point about Bill looks at him and goes, "I've been in the league for fifty years. Okay, I know what I'm doing. Fine, but he doesn't.
4: No, that's true. And I ultimately side with Mac Jones in this frustration if if it's real. I do believe that it's real. But you get where, you know Bill's frustration too because I'd be like, you're a second year quarterback. Shut up.
2: Yeah, but I think I- it speaks to. The, I just think it speaks to the magnitude of Bill's mistake. Like, what did you think was going to happen? You know, you took a guy who was on the defensive side of the ball, had you know, spent 10 minutes on the offensive line early in his career, who was a complete disaster in Detroit, and then another guy who you uh, uh, recommended for the job with the Giants completely torched that thing. Now you come in and make him basically your quarterback's coach. How did he think these guys were going to have credibility with the players? How did he think that?
3: What, so that's what I find interesting, Greg. You, you seem to be implying... That Mac Jones' frustrations isn't necessarily this the scheme change, but the coaching staff changes.
6: Yeah, that you know I think that there is I think that the players look at the coaches in charge of the offense right now and say you you don't know what you're talking about. Now there's a solution to that, and and I think we talked about this last week. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times in sports, especially in football, where the coaches know better than the players. The players are idiots. They're young, they don't know, they haven't been around, they don't know what's good for them. And if if players were left to their own devices, they'd be disasters. But, you know, because of really good head coaches like Bill Belichick, they tell them, I understand what you think you need, but this is really what you need and this is what we need. Bill Bill sees a bigger picture than those kids. But there's no in my mind there's no doubt that there is a lack of faith in the offensive coaches that permeates some of the players on offense, and the start to training camp only enhanced that. Now, can it change? Absolutely. And that's why I kept talking about they need to start seeing success, because if you don't start seeing success, and I would count today as a success for the offense and can help in that regard then things really start to collapse. But I don't think they're at that point. I think today was a good step. Now they need to start stacking success. They need to be a little bit better tomorrow. I know it's cliche, and we heard it all camp. That wasn't happening before. Now it needs to happen.
3: All right, let me grab a quick call. Here's Brian and Pepperl. Hi, Brian.
1: Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. Uh, Hey, listen, I wanted to ask Bedard this question. I know we all talk about personality types in business and sports, is Bill just arrogant? So it's kind of analogous to the old paper days, right? When newspapers changed from paper to online, it's kind of like an editor chief like, "No, I'm keeping my boys from the old days." It's kind of is it is it an arrogance or not realizing and seeing the big picture that having a, a, a O'Brien or somebody else from the college rank, somebody open-minded offensively, is it just his arrogance is getting more in depth and it's permeating across? what we well,
3: let let, What's the, let's put put him on the on the, uh, couch, as we like to say. What's behind Bill thinking he could turn the staff over to these guys? What's behind that?
6: A dwindling circle and him getting older and wanting to be all, uh, around people that he's comfortable with. That he doesn't want to. You know, he's seventy years old. He doesn't want to bring in Adam GaSe and have to. You know, learn a new guy and learn how to co- communicate. He knows these guys. It's comfortable. I think that's a more more of a priority for Bill. As far as you know, Brian's question. You know what is it? I. I do think look we're going to get our this is the litmus test. We're going to get our answer this season. The answers the previous 3 seasons have not been good. I mean it's been trending downward for this team you know since the end of Brady and all that like it's been going down. You know but Bill is Bill still has a lot of goodwill built up. He should still be able to see this through if this is what he thinks is right for the football team which he does but we're going to get our answer now. If it, if this goes badly, if they have a losing record and their offense takes a step back, it's going to be because of Bill's decisions with the coaching staff. And that's To me, it's, I guess I would term it just a belief in himself and the way that he thinks a football team needs to be constructed.
3: Alright, ten questions and we'll continue with this conversation, believe me. A lot of meat on that bone. But, ten questions with Bedard right after this.
1: Is on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Follow these guys on Twitter at if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business, especially in today's economy. But over
4: 31,000 businesses do know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of financials, planning, budgeting, and inventory so you can manage risk and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. See why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com go. netsuite.com go.
1: Afternoon radio show in Boston. Some sort
3: of print quo-quo there. Felger, oh, like, well, still, uh, excuse me. Ooh, 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 excuse
1: me. 98.5, the Sports Up. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question.
2: you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your cup, which way it would go?
5: Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why,
2: why, why, why?
1: with Greg and Felger and Mass on ninety the Sports
3: Hub. All right, ten questions, ten minutes. We got to stay on time, Jimmy. What are our buzzer options this week?
4: I appreciate the question. I really do.
3: Thanks, Bill. Appreciate you. What do you want me to do? <laughs> what <Well>, next?
4: <laughs> we don't have time for that.
3: We sure don't. Next.
4: Don't worry about that. We'll we'll work it out.
3: Ah, I'm sensing a theme. Next, like I get into the players' 2 Maz. 2 Maz. 2 Maz. 2 Maz. Oh boy, that was the Felger Maz acid trip from New Orleans <laughs> yesterday. Hit it, Jimmy.
4: I appreciate the question. I really do.
3: Okay, me too, Bill. What do we make of some of the recent Jimmy Garoppolo reports about the way he's carried himself? With the Niners, uh, this was uh, last week, or yeah, I guess it came out last week, just after he signed his five-year, $137 million contract in 2018, according to a former uh, 49ers coach. Quote, he didn't return calls. He didn't return texts. He basically just vanished. And we were looking at each other going, what just happened? And then I guess currently, Garoppolo was working out by himself. No playbook, not working with any coaches, goes home when the team starts practice. Do you put these together and look at Jimmy Garoppolo differently?
6: Well, I think that uh, look. I think that Jimmy has always been sort of a country unto himself. You know, he, he there were certain certainly some toughness issues with him here, some toughness questions, and so I understand that. And and the whole practicing thing, what's he supposed to do? I mean, he the, the Niners don't want him around. They don't want to give him a playbook and give out his secrets. But the bigger thing is, it's like I don't know. I find the Niners a bunch of whiny crybabies. Like. All right, give me the time frame so Jimmy signed this contract like are you even allowed to have contact with him? like there's like five months where you can't have contact with the players? like are you skirting around the issue? What do you want him to do? like just shut up. he's going out the door. you pushed him out. he won a lot of games for you. Just shut up, leave him alone and let him go do what he's gonna do it. Get, how about this Get rid of him like get him out of purgatory for crying out loud.
2: I have no. uh, I think there is no excuse for the first one, whether what the rules are or not. You sign a big contract. I think that's a point where you make a bigger commitment, not a lesser one. The second one, I have no problem with it. There is no shot of him being with the Niners to start the year. Zero. So he shouldn't have a playbook. He shouldn't be in on the meetings. They're not going to pay him his salary. He's going to get released if he doesn't get traded. So I have no problem with the second part. I side well, with
4: Jimmy G. They want nothing to do with him. So screw them. Why get hurt on their time? And I'm with Craig. Like, they're being bitches about it, too. Set me free so we can both move on.
3: I disagree with you all. I, I think it's stupid what they're doing with Garoppolo right now. What if Trey Lance gets hurt? What if Trey Lance gets hurt? They need a quarterback to play the season. And say what you will about Garoppolo. He's a wuss and he's a diva. But he also wins. And if Trey Lance gets hurt in training camp or the preseason, they can plug Garoppolo right back in. They're justified in paying him his salary, and they'll win again. So what are they doing? Why not put him on the practice field, play it out, and when, it, when it's done, it's done, and you are up against it. When his salary becomes guaranteed right before week one, that's when you cut him. Oh, no. I, I, I think the way the team is handling it is stupid, by the way. All right, next. What do you want me to do? Okay, uh, nine. Is Baker Mayfield a starting caliber quarterback? Greg.
6: Yes, but with a huge if. If he can ever play within the structure of an offense. That's his biggest, and part of it's because of his size, but his biggest issue is he drops back the pass, and he doesn't want to throw the ball, you know, with the right drop or what have you, and then he starts scrambling around, and it's no way to conduct an offense, and he can't shake that. I think it's part of who he is, so I don't think he'll ever be able to shake it and be a starting caliber NFL quarterback, but there's no question the talent is there. Today he was slinging it around at times. He's just, he's got easy cheese. He's blowing the ball 60 yards downfield without even taking a step. He's got all the tools. He just can't play the position.
2: He's definitely a starting caliber quarterback. Again, with the crap that's in that league at that position, hell yes.
4: Yeah, he's smaller, more annoying Jimmy Garoppolo. Will you win a Super Bowl with him? God, no. But he can get you to the playoffs.
3: But more talent than Garoppolo, right? I mean, based on Greg and Maz's comments. Yeah, Garoppolo, he doesn't chuck it 60 yards with the flick of the wrist. Next.
6: We don't have time for that.
3: Number eight is Matt Rule an NFL coach.
6: Not if they don't find him a quarterback, ever. I mean, yeah, I think he's a good coach. They, I thought they were close last year, but they were a complete disaster. A quarterback and, you know, COVID and injuries and stuff like that. I, Yes, I do think I think he has a good program. He's a good coach. But nobody's winning. Bill Belichick wasn't winning all that much in Cleveland or until he had Tom Brady. You need a quarterback.
2: I think he's a hack. No, I'd take a, a Baker Mayfield. I'd rather
4: have the Matt Rule. Nope, probably going to be the first fired this year, too. Next. Don't worry about that. We'll, we'll work it out.
3: Thank you, Bill. Rank in order who will have the best individual seasons among the following five quarterbacks. You ready for the list? Jot it yeah. down if you have to, big boy. Trey Lance, Mitch Trubisky, Tua Tungavailoa, Matt Ryan, Mac Jones. Of those, Rank those five in terms of who will have the best year.
6: All right, here's my list. I think it's going to shock you. Number one, Tua. Matt Ryan, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Mitch Trubisky. Lance, Ryan, Trubisky, Tua, Jones.
4: Jones is
3: fifth? Jones is fifth.
4: Lance, Ryan, Tua, Jones, Trubisky.
3: So wait a minute. Both you and Maz think Trey Lance is going to have the best year among all those guys? Yep. Yep. Okay. I have Tua. Did Did you see the highlights of him? Uh, Yeah, I I think he's going to be a a quarterback that puts up good highlights. He's really gifted physically. And he can run.
6: Yeah, Shanahan will set him up because, you know, he actually knows how to coach offense.
2: Exactly. I was just going to say, you'll note that there's a consistency with all the guys that we
3: picked. They
2: all have a coordinator.
3: Next. (laughs) Like, I get into the players too, Maz. Too, Maz. Too, Maz. Too, Maz. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that
6: yesterday. Oh, boy.
3: From a fan-consumer standpoint, does the league need to do something about preseason games now versus the continued emphasis these coaches are putting on the joint practices. I feel it's gotten even worse. It's even different than it was a couple years ago with all these coaches now holding out their players for these midweek practices. Your thoughts?
6: Yes, they do. They will never do anything. It's not going to change. It's the same problem they've been having. Season ticket holders get ripped off. We all know this. They know it. It's part of the deal. They deal with it. We all deal with it.
2: No, they don't, because it is what it is. It'll never change. The preseason's an inferior product. You go in knowing what the deal is.
4: Yeah, get rid of the preseason altogether, hold the joint practices in the stadium, and that's what season ticket holders get to go to for short money.
3: Okay, so that's like, I thought about that solution too. Well, you know, screw it then. Screw the games. Televise these joint practices, or or have the season ticket holders come in for those, and that's how you solve the problem. Except, do you think fans are going to go for a controlled practice where there's no score like i mean don't you even though it's a fake game with bad players don't you think the fan needs to see the score up in the you know and the clock clicking down and that thing the fans need that
4: what fantasy if they, points what if they got to see brawls like they well, did today like maybe that's that a win is.
3: I mean, I just think it's gotten worse than ever with the coaches now holding players out of games for these practices. They're doing work. They're just doing it during a time that no one can see it, and they don't allow you to see it because they don't allow anyone to tape this stuff because they're also paranoid about other teams getting the film. Anyway, next. Thugger's just
6: mad. Just just get down to practice. Just get your ass not, down to practice. Just because
2: they're not allowing people to tape it doesn't mean they're not doing it. Good point.
3: <laughs> Ding. Ne- next.
4: I appreciate the question. I really do.
3: Okay, tool bag question. Is Dan Campbell a tool bag?
6: I've changed my tool bag ruling. He is not a tool bag. He says some tool bag things, but he is technically not a tool bag because he actually believes what he's saying as opposed to, to a Joe Judge who is trying to impersonate what he thinks a football coach needs to sound like.
2: He's absolutely a tool bag, but I'm finding him to be a more likable tool bag than I initially thought.
6: Yes,
4: but a charming tool bag. I'm with Maz on this. He's definitely like the star of this new Hard Knocks, and I could see how guys
3: appreciate his infectious growiness. Yeah, he cares. He does. Yeah, so this is why I asked the question. I feel like the tide is turning on Dan Campbell. Next.
4: We don't have time for that.
3: Is it fair to me to blame Zach Wilson for being hurt? Because I somehow do.
6: Yes. Don't scramble. What are you doing? Like, go down, run out of bounds. Just, what are you doing?
2: Okay, no, because he didn't get hit. So, again, like, if he had made himself vulnerable to a hit, I would say, and I'm talking about the specific injury, then my answer would be, yes, you can blame him. But on this case, no. I think this we see this a lot. He's lucky it's not worse.
4: Yeah, no. Non-contact injury. And if you want to blame him for not holding out or staying in college to avoid becoming a New York Jet, fine. But otherwise, no.
3: Yeah, I just feel like he's... He's already done. It's over. Like the, Jets, the Jets next year, the year after, are going to have to go back in for another quarterback. Why do I feel that way? Next. What do you want me to do? Uh, rank your favorite Patriots Super Bowls and stop when you get to the Carolina game. All right, Where, where does the Patriots Carolina Super Bowl uh, rank among the Patriots Super Bowls?
6: Seahawks, first Rams, Falcons, and then Panthers. Fourth? Yep.
3: I
2: have, it, uh, I have it seventh. St. Louis, the first one. Seattle, Atlanta. The second Philly one, the two giant Super Bowls, and then Carolina. They lost Boy, some you of you did those. all of them. Oh, you're
3: so yeah, wrong. they were better games. They were so good wrong. games. So wrong.
4: Seahawks Seahawks is the first one. Rams is the second. Carolina is the third.
3: Bingo. Murray's got it. That Carolina Super Bowl, I, I, I think maybe the most underrated game in the entire Patriots run. That was a fabulous, fabulous football game it had it all that was a great game and if it's seattle i put ahead of it too i just do that was just too epic and i'll go the first rams one for some reason 28 to 3 i don't get off on that like a lot of people do because i first I, half I,
4: blows well and yes. there
3: was all and the, the falcons were so complicit like what what made the seattle game and certainly that was a bad play call by pete But that was an elite team playing at an elite level, and you had to level up. I mean, really level. Atlanta just puked all over itself. But anyway, that Carolina Super Bowl, phenomenal, phenomenal football game. Next. Like, I get into the players too, Maz. Too, Maz. Too, Maz. Too, Maz. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Number two, please rank the five least important franchises in the NFL. These can be in any order. In other words, if there was relegation or contraction,
6: Give me the five franchises to go: Jaguars, Texans, Falcons, Panthers, Lions. Good list. Good
2: list. I went Jags, Arizona, Houston, Washington, Tampa.
4: I mean, you could pick either of the AFC or NFC South: Houston, Carolina, Jacksonville, Atlanta, Tennessee. Yeah, can we get rid of the South?
3: My only point in asking this question is: Carolina absolutely belongs on the list. Nothing franchise. People there don't even really care. I don't really get the sense. Nothing team. If they disappeared off the face of the earth, no one would skip a beat. It would be business as usual across the globe. Next.
4: I appreciate the question. I really do.
3: Oh, no, you don't. Conversely, who are the five most important franchises? If the NFL went to a five-team league, who would those five teams have to be?
6: Patriots, Chiefs, off. Go Packers, Cowboys, and I went with the Ravens over the Steelers and the Bills. Oh, that's a horrible list.
2: Dallas, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Kansas City, New England. Pittsburgh, horrible! Dallas,
3: Pittsburgh,
4: Dallas, Green Bay, Kansas City, New England. Why is New England on the list? I wanted to take them off. They've what been, do you mean, why? They've been a marquee franchise going on 30 years. They're the evil
6: umpire. Everybody loves to hate them. They're must-see TV, whether they suck or they win. So
3: the Patriots are on that list, but the Niners aren't?
4: Oh, they haven't been relevant yet. Yeah, they're not relevant.
3: Okay, well, let's see the Patriots go through a run over the last 20 years like the Niners have gone on a run. What, what, what's that going to look like? <laughs> well, what's your list, then? Okay, so I'm just asking the questions. The Patriots are not on uh-huh. the list, though. I mean, my <laughs> list would be something like, did, did any of you say the New York Giants? No. no. Get out of
4: here. Get how do you, of
3: have, here. how do you have a league without a team in New York? Why not just have the Jets? Well, I mean, because they're the Jets. I mean, so look, you've got to have a New York team. Listen, and you all had Green Bay, so good for you. You have to have something that represents real America, the heart of America, the real America's team. All right, get on with it. Listen, it has to be Dallas, has to be the Giants, has to be the Packers. Okay, those are the three musts. You've got to have the the New York football Giants, the uh, America's team, and then a real America's team. And then we can argue... You've got to have a West Coast team out there. So, like, you got to think about this, the, the, the strength of your league, a five-team league. Dallas is the westernmost team. No, no. Now, I don't put the L.A. teams in Felger there. Commissioner Felger now. Yeah. That's, right. that's not that's how that's you that's phrase
4: that's... the question. Yeah, right.
3: Well, no, what do you mean? It is one of the most important teams in the league. No, they, yeah. the league
6: doesn't care about hey, You didn't California. say you were yes. starting a five-team league.
3: And I'm not putting a California team on there, hi-ho. Then, so, listen, it's a poorly listen. phrased question. Wrong. My West Coast team would be Denver. That is oh, tr- oh tremendous, tremendous Incomplete. franchise. Complete, tremendous uh, fan support. Tremend- they love their donkeys out Your there. Love them, love them, worse love by em. the minute. Love them, love them. No, my I have the only pure legitimate list of, among you guys. You, you put the Patriots on there. New, you know what the Patriots are? They're a big pair of fake boobs. They are new money fake. This is not a football. It's still not. I mean, we're it's great. Two decades, fans. Felger. Love you, mean it. One guy. It's, not, it's, it's one guy. It's a, that's what we got. Prove to me what you are as a football uh, area, as a football market. Once we get past that one guy, all right, Let, let's see what that really looks like. Okay, It's a poorly I, phrased I, question. I I'm not there yet. I disagree. I, it's a perfectly phrased question. I haven't given you number five yet. I'm trying to think who number five should be. Probably <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> Probably I asked questions. Probably Pittsburgh uh, because football, really, unlike here, football re- is, in the, is in the water there. It's in the blood. You know. Also, so is Winstral, unfortunately, there in Pittsburgh. But you know what I mean? Like that, the Mahangalega Valley, what, what's that? How do you pronounce that? Monongahela like, Valley. That, that thing. Oh, like, that's, like that's important, okay? <laughs> so it's the Giants, Steelers, Cowboys, Packers, and then you've got to give me a West Coast team and I go Denver. And so like I'm the only one that got this question and got it right. Thank God I'm here. All uh, right, here's an update and then we're right back with your calls. Don't go anywhere. The fluent and McDonald's
1: deal. Because sometimes mm, 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 you can have a full-on conversation. So good. Without uttering. You don't out a single
0: word. Uh-huh. There's a deal for every unspoken word at McDonald's. Now, get a McChicken or a McDouble. Choose two for just 3 dollars Pick two of the same or mix and match. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal.
3: He's humble. That's why you need us. Very humble. You, you need us. Mike Felger. This is why you have me. The humble half of Felger, Mass. On 98.5, the Sports Hub. you want to talk some football with Bedard? You're running out of time. He's out of here at 4 o'clock, so a couple more segments here to jump on. Here is Amy in a cushion She's got something for Greg. Go ahead, Amy.
1: Hi, yeah. So um, Bill O'Brien's contract with Alabama ends after this year. I think Bill has Judge and Patricia in there as offensive coaches, just knowing that O'Brien will be back next year as the OC. I mean, why would Bill hire someone outside of the org just to fire him next year for bringing back Billy O'Brien? What are your thoughts on that?
3: Okay, Greg, is, uh, are they just laying? Are they just uh, bridging a year to Bill O'Brien?
6: It's a good question, um, Amy. And um, from what I've been able to ascertain about O'Brien's situation, uh, the topic was never ever broached between Belichick and Saban, and and by proxy O'Brien. Uh, and as far as the future, there have been no there have been no discussions. Um, look, it all depends on how it goes. I mean. You know, Bill's not an idiot. And plus, if you're the craft, say they go 7 and 10, and the offense takes a step back. Mac Jones is not progressing in year two. If I'm Robert Kraft, Robert and Jonathan Kraft, I'm telling Bill, okay, you had your chance. Didn't work. You're bringing in Billy O'Brien. You can either do it, you can either do it, or Bill O'Brien can be head coach. It's up to you. That's what I would say to him. And so I don't think there's any grand plan. I think that the grand plan is Bill thinks this is going to work. That Joe Judge is eventually at some point in time, it could be some point this season, where he ascends to the role of play caller. Matt Patricia concentrates on the offensive line, coordinates the game plan, works with Joe Judge on the play sheet for the game. Joe Judge calls the plays at some point this season. That's what they're hoping for.
2: Mike, I I know, I know, we pound this topic into the ground, okay? But it really, you can't say it enough. They wanted to install at least some elements of a new offense, and they decided to do it with Matt Patricia, with Joe Judge, instead of bringing in someone who had knowledge of the offense. Like,
3: that to me is just so illogical. If, we were, <laughs> if, 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 if it was a year ago, and, and we were saying to ourselves, How, what could Bill do that would give us like the most amount of material just to bash his brains in with? Like, like let's come up with something. And someone said, here... Here's what they're gonna do. They're gonna let McDaniels go, and they're not gonna replace him with any offensive coaches. In fact, they're gonna put Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in charge of Mac Jones in the offense. If 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 we came up with that scenario, just as something to banty about, we'd say, nah, that's too unrealistic. We 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 have to come up with something a little more realistic.
6: That would be something off at, of your Super Tuesday thing. Yeah, at right. The <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, but
3: you you, think can, of it,
2: right, you you really can't come come up with one good reason to do it.
3: Like there not one valid reason to do it. Not one. All right, I promise. I see you on the board. Wrap it up with calls for Bedard right after this, in Our a long commercial-free segment.
5: Boston's home for sports.
1: 98.5 The Sports Hub. You're making it happen. You're coming in hot, hotter than hot, hotter than the surface of the sun, even hotter than the metal part of your seatbelt. Put it on ice with Dunkin' Iced. Like the new Brown Sugar Cream Cold Brew or the new Mango Pineapple Dunkin' Refreshers. Whew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Do you believe in moral victories? A good loss? We'll get them next time.
3: No silver linings here on Felger, Mass. Then
1: you are in the wrong place.
3: You have to accept that, so we!
1: Pelgrim Mass on 98.5, the Sports Hub. Holy
3: crap. Development here on the field in Foxborough, and that
5: wow. is a full on brawl. Melee. It was such a melee here, and there was one guy swinging. I think it was Damian Harris, and it was an inside drill In a team period. The other field vacated and came over. It was like the baseball kid guys running on yeah, the bullpen. Yeah, back. it was almost. Oh, a, my God. Almost every player on the field was somehow involved. Belichick is pissed, he is heated. This is Carolina. This is what they do. This is what I told you before practice. There's going to be a couple okay. of these today. So Christian Wilkerson and Kendrick Bourne are being escorted out. <laughs> They've been thrown out. Uh, Anthony yep. Jennings was very much involved. And, yep. and, and he, at one point, he was still so hot that he accident. pushed he pushed Troy Brown. I think it was by accident. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. It was at the end. It's like it was over at that point. Wow. And he was still pissed off. But Damien Harris was right in the middle of it, however it started. Damian Harris was he the one swinging? No, nope, but he's in the huddle right now, so it couldn't have been him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I mean, it was a full team one. One wow, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Today. That's, what we're we're that's what we're looking for. Just, that's what we're looking for. Football. His first day being pissed off. Belich- right. Matt Belichick, Belichick was
3: was really getting into it oh, with man. one of the Carolina coaches. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. They, they were back
3: they up. were heated. Yep. Um, it almost like they were encouraging it. Mm. That was the Beatle and Zolak play-by-play. They're about to take off their shirts and do some belly pumping there. They got excited. <laughs> uh, but Zos says there at the end. It was almost like it was engineered. Do you think it was engineered, Greg? Or was that authentic?
6: No, it was authentic. You know, the, the, the Panthers were mouthing off. And I think they were talking trash to Wilkerson. And the Patriots just finally had enough. And there there was a lot of, like, at the end of play, them, you know, Punching out the ball and hitting people to the ground, and the Patriots just aren't used to that. They're you know freaking club met at their training camp. They don't <laughs> practice for like you know the starters hadn't done anything in pads for like eight days before today. They were like, "What's this? Someone's hitting me in football?" I thought we were just going to play touch football this year. <laughs>
3: All right, I promise. Wrapping up calls with uh, Greg. Did someone have something? Yes.
4: What? Yeah. I mean, Greg actually had some really good stuff about Mac Jones here, just in the commercial break. That if I don't know if you wanted to bring. Yeah. It so
6: uh, we were. We brought him up, and I meant to bring this up. So you know, I just did my three up, three down from practice today. And I put Jones as a down. I thought that he had a better day. But there were more passes than usual today where he wasn't getting a lot of power behind him. I mean, remember last season when we talk about if he wasn't able to get his legs into a throw, he lost a lot of power going down the field. There were throws like that. You know, yes, Devontae Parker caught 50-50 balls that are like 80-20 balls for him. But why does every ball have to be a fifty-fifty ball? Why is this a, a balloon? Why can't he hit a target? You know, over the shoulder, he's having issues with that. And then, the interception that la- that ended their session. I know a lot of reporters are talking about it. it was a gotta have it play, gotta have a score, whatever. If Mac Jones made this play in a real game. He would get skewered on these airwaves on ESPN for a week. He was backpedaling, backpedaling. Yeah, he was probably sacked. He's backpedaling. He just heaves up to this ball that, first of all, doesn't even reach the end zone, isn't even close to any Patriots, but doesn't give the Patriots a chance to score on the final play of the game. And I just thought it was a terrible throw and a terrible way to end practice, and I didn't think that, overall, he was good in this practice.
3: Huh. Interesting. Even though the offense as a whole was better than they've been. Yep. Okay. Well, factor that in. Well, so here's, uh, here's a call on that offense. Bob and Brockton, go ahead.
6: Yeah, I was just wondering if you think they're keeping Hoyer around um, to be a mentor because of the lack of offensive knowledge uh, of with the rest of the coaching staff. Okay,
3: give me your thoughts on Hoyer's presence, Greg.
6: Well, I think he's here because he has to be here because they don't have any other options. I mean, if Mac Jones goes down, who are you going to start? Bailey Zappi? I mean, so I yeah, on, he's not me- ready. I thought he sucked the other night. I so did I. I did not think he was very good. He showed some grit. He's a tough guy, but Noodle very in. undersized, you know, accurate one pass, hit somebody with popcorn in their in their hands in the front row the next pass, and he's just not ready. So Hoyer has to be here. But I do think, you know, if I'm Mac Jones, I'm ignoring Joe Judge and I'm going to Brian Hoyer and be like, "What are you seeing? What do I need to do here?" Like and plus, he's been in this system before. So if anybody knows how to teach it, or knows what they're talking about, it's Brian Hoyer.
3: Maz, you're not in on Zappi.
2: No, so again, I'm, a, I, you know, not that we spend a ton of time on backup quarterbacks, but I have to say it was one of the few reasons I, I you know, I watched that game the other night. Is I, I'm always intrigued by what a mid to late round quarterback shows. Maybe there's something there. You never know, and just the value of the position. I thought he sucked. He's got a noodle arm. He looked like a freaking Division three quarterback. I thought. I watched him half the time, I went, this guy can't throw. Uh, uh, like we thought, we thought Mac Jones had a weak arm last year. This guy was. Just just floating it out there half the time.
3: I'm with you. Brian and Marble. What do you got, Brian?
6: Brian. So we move on from Shaq Mason and draft um, Cole Strange. Is it mostly salary cap reasons, or was there the offensive line scheme in mind when they made that move? Because it's kind of still a Oh, oh for
3: me. Th- Thank you, Brian, for the call. Greg, your thoughts?
6: My thought was, and I had this thought, that you know maybe they move on from shaq mason that he wasn't worth the price anymore i thought he was slowly declining a bit as a player he was no longer ascending i don't think he was worth what they were paying for him so i didn't have a huge issue uh you know with that but if they're moving to the scheme it doesn't look very smart uh, especially going from Mason to Owendo at that position, and you know, I just want to say, Cole Strange. I thought he was decent in the game the other day. Since they drafted a first-round guard, basically to somewhat replace Mason, uh, he did whiff on one pass block that Ferentz cleaned up for him today. I thought he was mediocre. I thought I had him one on one, one in one on his uh, his reps, pass rush reps. Uh, he also gave up a sack. And was called for a hold in the session today. So you know, I still think he is going to be a good player eventually. I just think he has a he has a ways to go.
3: Ryan in Pittsburgh, what do you got for us, Ryan? You're up next. Hey, Ryan. Yes. You're up. I, wh- why did, uh, hi, Greg. How are you doing? Uh, good. Why does people not criticize Bill Belichick for implementing a zone block system? Those coaches can't coach that, Ryan. Why is no one criticizing Bill Belichick for implementing a zone running scheme without zone running coaches? Are you? Yeah, why haven't we talked yeah.
2: about that? I mean, <laughs> what, what, get more, on that.
3: what more do we have to do? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I think we've emptied the bucket when it comes to that. That's insulting to have you call up and say, why doesn't crit- someone criticize Bill Belichick for this? That is like I take that as a personal insult. Well, what Me more? Me too. Need? That's why we should do it for the next week. Well, next hour we're getting right back to right back to basics. If, <laughs> if, if that's the kind of call we're going to get, Mark and Warren on this very topic. Go ahead, Mark.
0: Hey, it's Mark and Warren. I, I, I just woke up from a nap, feeling feeling a little under the weather. I think I got hit with the monkey I, I I can't believe you guys are talking about getting rid of Bill. Is this true? Am I still dreaming? Is it's a nightmare?
6: Okay, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, I I think no. I just getting, said if 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 I'm the crafts, I'm telling Billy's making changes or else he's out if it goes poorly this year, especially on offense.
3: I mean, how much longer do you want to give it? I, I, I mean, yep. I, the call, the caller called up to make a monkey pox joke, so he's not really serious. But but I am. I mean, I'm not firing Bill now. But if they if they're five and twelve, and his coaching thing hasn't worked, why wouldn't you talk about it? I mean, I. I How much longer are you just going to play out a string or play out the string with a guy who may not be willing to do the things it takes to turn this thing back around or it's not working, whatever? Like, how how much longer are you willing to go? Why wouldn't you talk about it? Yeah, this thing's a big gamble.
2: Really, this whole thing's a big gamble. When you factor in the stage Bill is at in his career, what the organization has looked like post-Brady, the fact that they took a quarterback with the 15th pick in the first round a year ago, Bill's got a lot riding on this now. Like, all of a sudden, this is how you're going to do it? I just think that this this risk he has taken on the coaching staff with this offense, all of it, timed together, is just... I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that if this is
3: a disaster, this is it. Okay, big boy. Thanks for coming in. Any parting thoughts? Uh,
6: no, just I was just going to say, it, and we're not even assured whether the coaching on the defensive side of the ball is. Oh yeah, we just hate enough. that too, right?
3: Yeah, we're, 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 <laughs> we're, never mind that. Like we just have forgotten about it because it's going Let now second place.
6: Give you a little gift going out the door.
3: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, when you want to get to that, we can get to that, too. Believe you me. All right, Greg, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it, bud. We'll see you next Tuesday. All right.
4: See you guys later, Greg.
3: All right, folks, we will get back to some of Greg's thoughts and some of the events today from uh, the Patriots, but we do want to just break it up a little bit with uh, the latest on Durant. Guess who's hobnobbing with Durant? Guess who's hobnobbing with another person you hate? They're like this. There's a theme building here with the Celtics and their players, and you, you, you Celtics fan. Uh, I I definitely want to get to that. Maz has a developing Red Sox opinion or two that we'll get to to, uh, again, break up the Belichick bashing, which we're definitely going to get back to here on Felger and Maz. First, a 90-second update from Big Jim Murray. No commercials, so go nowhere.
1: You're making it happen. You're coming in hot. Hotter than hot. Hotter than the surface of the sun. Even hotter than the metal part of your seatbelt. Put it on ice with Dunkin' Iced, like the new Brown Sugar Cream Cold Brew or the new Mango Pineapple Dunkin' Refreshers. Whew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.